Good morning, everybody. Happy Thursday to you. My name is Tim Harris. It's 10 o'clock. It's time for Tim with Tim. I've been having some technical issues with audio. If you're on Facebook or YouTube, you're probably not noticing any difference. But if you're the guys on Spotify waiting for audio podcasts, they're not coming. And I don't know why. And I don't know how to fix it. But we'll do our best. I promise you we'll do our best to get these uh, back on Spotify and, and just keep on including you guys because your participation with us is important to us. So anyway, I love you all. Doing my best. Love you guys so much. Job chapters 5 and 6. Six is where we are today. We're in the, the dialogue section now, the, the, these long poetic speeches between Job and his friends. Uh, really interesting. And I started out today, I, honestly, if you just read quickly, you're not going to get a lot. Uh, you're going to feel like they're saying the same thing over and over and over. But, you know, slow down, dig into it a little bit, and let the Lord speak. Uh, chapters five and six are really pretty interesting, and, and I love them. Uh, Chapter 5 is a continuation of Eliphaz's speech. Remember, he had had this sort of divine revelation, this vision, this dream, whatever. Um, and like I said, it, it sounds to me like the, his question is really more the question Satan asked in chapter 1 than the kind of question that God would reveal to him. You know, can a person be righteous before God? It's a gospel question, to, to be sure. And Eliphaz will ask another gospel question in verse 1, and I love it. And I want you to mark verse 1, because verse 1, I think, begins what we're going to kind of see throughout the book of Job, and that's this mediator theme, uh, the idea that I, I, need, I, I need to talk to God, or I need somebody to go to God for me. I, I need somebody who can speak to God but understand me. I mean, the book of Job does such an amazing job, <laughs> no pun intended, Job job, no pun intended. Um, the book of Job does such an amazing job at, at revealing the need for a Savior, the need for Jesus, the need for God with us, God in the flesh, a God who knows what it is to suffer as we suffer, you know? And so Eliphaz is continuing his speech. I understand we're starting a new chapter, but Eliphaz is still just talking. From, from chapter 4, you know, cry all you want. Cry for help, he says. Who's going to answer you? Which of the holy ones is going to help you? You know, the idea is, ain't nobody up there in heaven wants to hear your belly aching. I mean, that's really what he's saying. That's what Eliphaz is saying. Cry all you want. Cry to God all you want. But ain't nobody up there going to listen to you, you know? And, and Eliphaz is trying to defend God. But again, it's just, again, just start noting uh, all of these references to a mediator. Is there anybody who can hear us, you know, and then go to God on our behalf? It's so good. It's so good. So again, mark that. Now, verse 2. Surely resentment destroys the fool and jealousy kills it. And here he goes now. Eliphaz now, he doesn't name names, but he just called Job a fool. I mean, don't miss that. He's not, I mean, he's sort of speaking objectively. But, you know, at, at the end of his little speech, he says, yeah, you know, everything I said is true, so apply it to yourself. I mean, that, his last words in the speech are, so apply it to yourself. So make no mistake, because Job understands clearly that Eliphaz is calling him a fool. So surely, you know, vexation, you know, destroys the fool. In other words, you know, Job, you, you're you know, you're, you're, you're vexed now. You're, you're going through a lot, and, and so you're about to lose your mind. You're about to talk like a fool. Uh, I've seen what happens to fools. They take root. Uh, looking at verse 3 now. They take root. In other words, they, they sort of, they, they're successful for a moment, but eventually 
They get what's coming to them. Their children are abandoned, far from help. Uh, the hungry devour their harvest, and on and on and on it goes. Verse 6, evil doesn't spring from the soil. And what he's saying here is uh, uh, evil trouble. Your problems don't come from nowhere, Job. Uh, you know, uh, again, the difficulty for Job is this is what he would have said. This is what he used to believe. And Eliphaz and all the other friends who are about to talk, they're just expressing uh, the, the common theology. It doesn't make it true. It's just what most people believe about God. And they just simply believe in this very reliable moral order. So Job, if you're suffering, you might as well just stop and admit the fact that you did something because trouble doesn't just spring up from the soil. You know, your problems don't just spring up in your life like weeds. They come from somewhere. So probably you'll get over this a little quicker if you finally just confess whatever it is you're hiding. You, you know, your problems don't come from nowhere. You know, oh, oh my goodness. And then he goes on as if we need him to. Verse 8, if I were you, I'd go to God. <laughs> I'd pray. I'd present my case to him. And then on he goes. Now, yeah, that's good advice. Except he continues, if he just shut up, you know, but he, but he can't, he can't help himself. So then he begins describing the Lord. Uh, and again, so much of this, it's not so much that it's not true in a sense. It's just, these are the most harsh words in the world to say to Job, you know, in his suffering. Now, j just a little note here, uh, verse 13 uh, chapter 5, verse 13, he traps the wise in their own cleverness, so their cunning schemes are, are thwarted. Uh, that verse is quoted in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 3, maybe? 1 Corinthians, look it up, y'all. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. It's the only direct quotation uh, of the book of Job in the New Testament. I just think that's interesting. Only one, only one place where the Old Testament quotes Job, but it's this verse here, and it's in the book of 1 Corinthians uh, so again, what Eliphaz is saying here about God is, uh, again, God reigns over this very reliable moral order. Uh, consider the joy of those corrected by God. Do not despise the discipline of the Almighty when, when you sin. I mean, yeah, that's true in a sense, but at this moment, Eliphaz is using this truth like a hammer, you know, hammering this guy who's already been crushed, you, you know? For though the Lord wounds, he'll also bandage. He strikes, but his hands also heal. From six disasters, he will rescue you. I mean, on and on and on he goes. I mean, this is what Eliphaz is saying. I've studied life and I find all this to be true. So listen to what I say and apply it to yourself. I mean, whoo. You know, in other words, what he has said is Job, you know, you brought this on yourself. God wouldn't be punishing you if you hadn't deserved it. So the sooner you go ahead and confess your sin, the sooner God's going to you know, bless you again. I mean, whew. Uh, so understand, uh, he is wounding Job with false accusation. Eliphaz is talking about stuff he doesn't know. You don't know Job's heart. You can't explain Job's suffering. I'm probably going to say this a million times before we're done. Don't try to explain somebody else's suffering. You don't know. You don't know. You may think you know, but don't even try to explain it. Even if they ask you, why is this happening to me? Don't answer it. You don't know why it's happening to them. You know? But Eliphaz thinks he knows, and uh, his false accusations uh, continue just to add to Job's sorrow, Job's pain. So chapter 6, Job responds. 
I guess the first seven verses are kind of like a continuation of his earlier soliloquy. He's kind of not talking to anybody. He's just talking out loud. Uh, But by the end of this speech, he's clearly going to be talking to the friends. He starts addressing the friends directly in verse 14. But in these opening verses, if my misery could be weighed, my troubles put on the scales, they'd weigh more than the sands of the sea. Again, Job's just trying to express the weight of his burden, his his suffering. And, and, and then he's, you know, the Lord Almighty struck me down with his arrows. Uh, poison infects my spirit. God's terrors are lined up against me. Don't I have a right to complain? You know? Um, and then he uh, uses the analogy of taste. Uh, uh, Eliphaz's words taste bitter. Job's present, in, you know, circumstances are bitter. And so he just says, you know, wild donkeys would bray, you know, if, if, if they, you know, sour grass, find no grass. Oxen bellow, they don't have any food. People complain about, you know, if food doesn't taste good. Uh, does anybody want to eat the tasteless white of an egg? <laughs> Job's not just complaining about egg whites. There. The, the Hebrew there is the slime of an egg. And he's just saying that there are things we sometimes have to stomach that are, that are nauseating, they're disgusting to us. And, and, and he's just saying, you know, my circumstances, you know, right now are so bitter. You know, there's such a bad taste in my mouth. Uh, And again, I think he's talking about two things, Eliphaz's counsel, but also his suffering. Oh, that God would just give me the one thing I want, which is to die. I I just want to die. If he just reach out his hand and kill me, that would be mercy. At least I can take comfort in this. Despite the pain, I've not denied the words of the Holy One. Again, this is the thing about Job, as God himself says in verse 1, chapter 1, He's going to persist in his integrity. This is what his wife accused him of. Are you going to persist in your integrity? But Job is saying, I'm telling you, I'm not giving up the one thing that problems cannot take away from me. You know, you can take everything away from me, but you will not take my integrity. You will not take my faith, my piety, the person I am on the inside. I'm not going to deny the words of the Holy One. I don't have the strength to endure. You know, do I have the strength of a stone? Is my body made of bronze? You know, I'm I'm flesh and blood. I bleed, you know, I hurt. And I'm utterly helpless without any chance of success. Verse 14, he turns to his friends. He says, man, you should be kind. (laughs) If you got a friend who's down, you should be loyal. That's the Hebrew word there's loyal. Uh, New Living Translation says kind. You should be kind. You should be loyal to a friend who's down. But you people accuse me. You know, without any fear of God, you just accuse, you just stand back and, and, and accuse me. You give me no help, he says. You've seen my calamity, you know. You give me nothing. And why? Verse 22, did I ask you for a gift? What Job is saying here is, I'm not asking you for something that's going to cost you. All I'm asking for is the one thing that, that you could give me for free, and that is friendship. You know, just be here with me. Quit accusing me of just, you know, I'm just asking for the one thing that wouldn't cost you anything. And that's just to, to sit here and, 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 and listen to my you know, pain without trying to accuse me of, of deserving it. You know, you're heartless. You know, you're the kind of people that would send an orphan into slavery, he says in verse 27. He's saying, You're heartless. You're cruel. Look at me. Would I lie to you? He says, Stop assuming I'm guilty. I haven't done anything wrong. Do you think I'm lying? Don't I know the difference between right and wrong? I mean, he's still talking, and we'll pick up right there tomorrow. But do you see what Job is saying here?
here? Stop accusing me. You think I haven't asked myself these questions? You think that if there was sin in my life, I wouldn't already be confessing it? You know, you don't know me. You don't know my heart. You know, stop. You know, oh my goodness, you should be kind. You should be loyal to a friend. Why are you kicking me when I'm down, you know? That's what Job says. Job continues in chapter 7. We'll do two more chapters for tomorrow. Chapter 7 and chapter 8. Job's going to cry out all through chapter 7. And then in, in chapter 8, we get a new friend, a Bildad, who chimes in. And uh, if you're hoping he's going to do better, he's not. Uh, but but we'll continue on. I I, I really kind of love this. I really really do. The questions Job is you know are the questions that he ponders are the questions that I have asked in the difficult times of my life, and I'm sure you have too. So let's stay with them. I love you guys so much. Have a great Thursday. It's going to be a beautiful day. So enjoy it. Give praise to God for it, and I'll see you in the morning, Lord willing, ten o'clock for ten with Tim. I love you guys.